For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If this is your first time checking us out, we appreciate you giving us a chance. Uh, if you've been rocking with me for a while, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, happy Friday. Recording this on Friday afternoon. Had a really crazy week this week, so wasn't able to record as early as I wanted to. But we did have some some good um, discussion points to come up here in the last couple of days. Um, man, had a had a crazy day today at work. I had about 500 eighth graders on our uh, college campus this afternoon. Well, this morning and this afternoon, and I have an eighth grader, and so I kind of, you know, have an idea of of what that's like. But when you have 500 of them, uh, it wasn't all at one time. It was 300 in the morning and then 200 in the afternoon. Man, that is a uh, yeah. That was a. a, a a day of work in itself, but, um, we survived it. Got to do it again next Friday. But, um, aside from the pollen, it was a beautiful day here. We had some crazy storms here in North Carolina. So, um, got, got through those and, uh, looking forward to a, a good weekend, but going to be talking about, um, FSU football in this one for the most part, we may, we may highlight, um, baseball a little bit at the end. Um, but running a little, a little late on that. So probably mostly football, um, but before we get into that, let me go ahead and shout out uh, our sponsor, uh, BetOnline.ag. Um, you can head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. Um, of course, you have um, NCAA basketball going on right now. Baseball will be starting up soon. Uh, you have boxing, UFC, all the good stuff. So um, if you're looking to try to make some money, uh, make sure you use betonline.ag. But yeah, man, so the biggest news of this week was the Jarvis Brownlee uh, entering the transfer portal um, on Thursday morning, I think it was, uh, which, you know, if you follow me on social media, it was no surprise, really. Um, I expected Brownlee to hit the portal at some point the way the way Mike Novell handled it, you know, Brownlee's been away from practice all spring and, you know, been all over social media, um, just, you know, posting things, being a distraction, uh, complaining, whining, you know, talking about he didn't have any NIL deals and blah, 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 blah. And so when Mike, you know, and that's, it's been going on for a while. And so when Mike didn't, you know, just kick him off the team, I figured he was going to take the approach of, you know, just wait him out, let him get frustrated and let him let Brownlee put himself in the transfer portal. And of course, that's exactly what happened. So the interesting thing will be, you know, where where does Brownlee go? He hadn't practiced all spring. I mean, he's a decent player, but I'm really curious to see where he's going to end up. You know, it could be that he follows everybody else's lead that 
Willie Taggart signed uh, that, that entered the transfer portal and goes to FAU. Um, but who knows? You know, Brownlee was, a, like I said, a decent player. I, I loved his attitude on the field, brought a lot of physicality to the secondary. But in coverage, you know, he was a liability against bigger faster wide receivers he just could not cover those guys and you saw way too many times of him getting beat um last year you know and then you know he's complaining about why he didn't make you know all ACC and um and I'm like you I mean he had you know 50 tackles and he had two interceptions uh he probably had should about should have had about five or six interceptions you know had about three or four that hit him right in the hands and he dropped them and so you know, like I said, decent player, but he's probably he probably was going to be fighting for his spot uh, there at the um, the field corner position. There is a lot of talent in the secondary, and there are a lot of young guys that are hungry, hungry, fighting to uh, to get you know, snaps in twenty twenty two. So he was going to have to really fight to keep his position. And so I, you know, I don't I don't know if he was going to do it. And so I wrote an article on Chop Chat um, on, well, right after he announced that he was going to go into the transfer portal, um, some guys that more than likely will replace him at the field corner position. And so you have guys like uh, Kevin Knowles, who played mostly in a, in a nickel position last year as a freshman, but got on the field early and played a lot of snaps, particularly later in the season. You have Renardo Green, who... Uh, you know, a lot of people thought would be in the transfer portal by now, but, you know, he's, you know, bought in, gotten healthy for one. That's been a big issue with him not, not being healthy, but he has uh, done well with uh, the competition aspect of things, and he's in the mix there. He has good size. Uh, you know, he's about six six feet, 185 pounds, and so he's actually a little bigger than Brownlee. Uh, and, of course, you have uh, – Azariah Thomas, the freshman who I expect to be on the field at some point uh, this year, a really talented guy. Probably he probably could play boundary. He has a size to play boundary, uh, but you know he, he you know they're going to get him on the field. So you got him, you got Hunter Washington Washington out there who redshirted last year, but a former blue chip guy that you know I haven't heard a lot of as far as you know him standing out in practice and things like that, but I hadn't heard anything bad either, but it could be, you know, he's just, you know, acclimating to things. And then the other person would be Greedy Vance, uh, the Louisville transfer who uh, seems to be doing well in practice. I know him and Ontario Wilson have a battle uh, pretty much every day at practice, uh, a really heated battle. So, there's talent, there's the experience to replace Brownlee. I know a lot of people looked at, oh, he started 11 games, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of talent and a lot of experience behind him waiting in the wings. And so I'm not worried about Brownlee hitting the portal. And so that kind of brings me to – Brownlee seems to be – and I know last year there were some guys that, you know – you just heard whispers of, hmm, you know, there's still some some issues as far as, you know, culture, guys not buying in, guys doing not, not doing what they're not doing what they're supposed to, excuse me. And Brownlee, 
I don't know. You know, he didn't he didn't voice any of these things last year, but it was weird that, you know, he kind of all of a sudden decided to vocalize some things or or him being upset and things like that. So, you know, that is something that we had a lot of whenever Novell took over. Just with that transition, you had the players, uh, Warren Thompson, of course, Marvin Wilson and uh, just other guys on social media all the time posting things or whatever. And so you really haven't seen a lot of that. Brownlee doing this in the spring seems to be kind of like the last, you know, I guess last of those guys you know, from the uh, the old regime. And um, you know, at, at one point I was wondering, like, man, are any of the any of the upperclassmen gonna gonna hold Brownlee accountable as far as what he's posting on social media? And, you know, and they may have had talks with him. I'm I'm not sure, but I just felt like it, at some point I was like, man, somebody, somebody's got to nip this in the bud. Like, what's up, you know, with, with, with the, you know, the leaders on this team, you know, because we didn't see Brownlee doing that last year. But nevertheless, you know, it's, it's over with. And you saw Mike Novell, you know, he was asked about it yesterday. And he pretty much was like, yeah, hey, appreciate Brownlee for what he did. Hard work he put in, but good luck to him. And you could just read between the lines and tell that Mike can't he's not concerned at all. He knows what he has in, in the secondary, and so they're gonna move forward with that. But, you know, that kind of segues into, you know, just the program in itself. It feels like it just feels like the program is going like in the right direction. You know, you don't have any distractions outside of Brownlee now. You have goodness, recruits every day on campus it seems like um, coaches observing practice recruits on campus during the week recruits on campus during the weekends and just the practice reports observations there's more competition than ever before and you it feels like there's depth way more depth you know being built than we have and Mike Norvell, he's usually very candid as far as, you know, what, you know, what he feels happened at practice. You know, he'll tell you, hey, we, we had some laws or I was really happy with today's energy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And aside from like one or two instances, you know, he hasn't really been disappointed or negative and and he's a guy that's been pretty, pretty candid as far as, you know, expectations. And now he hadn't said, hey, we're going to win nine or ten games this year. But, you know, just his demeanor and the way he's coming across, it's like, you know, he he sees the progress. And he's even mentioned it with, with guys on the team that, you know, he's seeing guys, you know, making progress. The competition has helped even the older players to step their games up. And so, you know, and I'm just like, man, just it feels like, Things are just moving in the right direction. So that's good to see. And um, I'm excited to see what this first scrimmage is, is going to be. And it's going to be more situational. So it's not going to be, a you know, just a, a straight up, you know, football game. You know, he's going to put them in situations, whether it's the red zone, whether it's short yardage things and, and stuff like that. But it's still an opportunity for the players to separate themselves on the depth chart. And, of course, they'll um, have another scrimmage um, next week, I think it is. So excited to see, you know, what the reports are, you know, as as, as things take place and, uh, you know, things get set up for uh, the spring game. So um, 
But before before I go into my next segment, I do want to uh, mention uh, another sponsor, which is uh, Athletic Greens. Um, if you guys follow me on social media, you know that I'm into fitness, you know, try to work out, stay healthy. You know, I haven't posted anything as far as videos online in a while, but, you know, I usually try to work out um, at least three to four times a, a week um, and usually try to walk at least 30 minutes every day. So if you are not walking, walking is one of the best things that you can do. Um, and of course, what you're putting into your body is really big. Um, so if you're into, you know, supplements and things like that, um, athletic greens is, uh, is something that, uh, you can try. Um, it's basically 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and superfoods. Um, you know, so you can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Uh, just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. Um, and athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and a five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe that's B L E A V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Um, and these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration. Uh, these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, but athletic greens will help you take ownership of your health. Um, but one thing I want to go into um, is the effect of having a real athletic director. And this is something you've heard me talk about if you've listened to podcasts in the last month or so. Um, but you, we can really start to see the uh, the effects of having a, a real athletic director with uh, Michael Alford. Um, we had the uh, locker rooms uh, unveiled. Uh, to the team, Mike DeVille surprised the team. And, you know, that got a lot of hype on social media and uh, the players loved it. The uh, recruits that were able to see the uh, locker room loved it. Even former players were like, man, I'm jealous that you guys have this now. And that's usually the case. I know whenever I was playing and then I finished and I like went back and I was like, bro, I was like, we didn't have any of this. Like, why, why, you know, why didn't we have this when we were here? And so, you know, that was pretty cool. And so, you know, that's just having an athletic director that, that you know, is in a position to make things happen. So that was one thing that was uh, obviously uh, Seminole Boosters has been a big part of. Um, another thing has been um, uh, I saw where Mike Novell talked about they have this, this new screen now um, at practice that so instead of. Uh, waiting until practice is over and then going back and watching the film hours later. Um, he said, um, Mike Novell said it was Bruce Warwick who um, had this technology installed so that they can basically, basically at practice go right back almost instantaneously and watch, you know, clips or actions on this huge screen. And so they can use that, you know, to instruct, um, you know, provide clear feedback um, right then instead of waiting hours or the next day after they've watched film, you know, so that is, that is more support that, uh, comes from having a real athletic director. Not only that, but, you know, we've already talked about all the different support staff that, that, that have been added. Um, and I think that is really those, those additions in the, uh, support staff have really been key into getting the amount of recruits on campus that they've been able to do. Uh, I mean, like I said, when I say every day, I mean, it's every day, 23, 2024, 2025. They're already offering kids that are in 2025 class. And I know that I know that may not mean much to you now, but when you think about it, 
Um, I wrote about how the foundation for 2023 actually began in 2020. So August, August, September 2020, during COVID, you know, obviously they couldn't have um, recruits on campus. And so they had more time on their hands. And so they used that time to go out there and, uh, you know, watch film, evaluate and send out offers. And so since then, sending those offers, they've been able to build those relationships with those um, 2023, 2024 kids. And so that's why you're seeing more and more of those um, recruits on campus now. You know, they have a relationship with the with the coaches and you're, you're seeing the fruits of their labor. Now, of course, the biggest thing that they need to do is win, you know, show that progress that um, we need to see uh, on the field, you know, seven, eight wins, hopefully eight or more wins. But you know, I would I would take seven, I guess, if I if I, you know, you know, had to put a gun to my head. But um, eight or more would be would be perfect. If uh, if they do that, I think I think we'll be fine. Um, oh, one other thing, too, uh, before I forget about it. If you have not had a chance to watch the, the climb videos, bruh. Oh, man, you talk about musty stuff, man. That's that's another thing. Just the just the, you know, the support of behind the scenes uh, in the creative marketing department. Uh, we We have never seen you know, videos like this, uh, in the past from the football team. I mean, I mean, yesterday's video that they released was like, I think it was like 16 or 17 minutes. It's like a mini movie. Um, but what I liked was he kind of saw how, you know, I'm sure teams in the past have tried to negatively recruit, uh, Mike Novell as far as like, you know, players not being developed or, you know, this guy can't throw or whatever. And you saw in that video, they were relating, um, what Jordan Travis and other guys were doing at practice, they were showing them doing it at practice, but then you also saw them doing it, the same thing in the game. So basically that was like a little subtle way of saying, hey, this is us doing it at practice, and this is us kicking Miami's ass doing the same thing. And um, and I kind of like how they, they kind of have like game-centric centric, um you know, I guess, uh, episodes. And, uh, so the last one they released, uh, yesterday was, uh, about the Miami game and, you know, they kind of tied out in and, and highlighted, uh, Jordan Travis and, you know, they got, um, Robert Scott on there. Who's, I mean, he is hilarious. Oh my, every time I see him, it's, it's just, he has a good personality, but you know, that's another thing, just, you know, keeping a buzz about the program, keeping the fans, you know, keeping something, you know, in front of the fans to you know, keep them excited and, and, you know, and engaging them, you know, that makes people want to, I saw somebody, um, I, I think it was a no EST 93, um, on, uh, social media on Twitter. You know, he said that he signed up to be a booster this week, you know, and so just all it takes is just, you know, having, adding one here, adding another one the next day, adding another one, adding another one. And, you know, and just that grassroots, you know, just that energy around the program, um, you know, it's, it's it's great to see, especially after the last four seasons, um, you know. So um, feel good about where things are going. You know, it's almost like I, you wish you could just snap your fingers and and get to the season and 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 just see what's going to happen. Like, okay, I need to know. Like, are they going to you know really do it this year and show some show some real progress, or is it going to be more the same? And um, 
but man, every the transfers that are that are coming in or have come in, you know, they are there's a reason why, you know, they were brought in. And as I was saying with uh with the wide receivers, I I knew they had not been productive where they had been, you know, whether it was injuries or whatever. But, you know, Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson, those guys were, you know, basically top 100 players. I think Pittman was a 94 and Wilson was number 116, I think it was. They were they were highly touted for a reason. And like I said before, receiver is a position that takes a while before guys actually can produce anyway. So I wasn't really concerned about, you know, their lack of production per se. Uh, as long as they got in here in the spring, got acclimated to the offense, uh, I felt like them having a year or two under their belt as far as, you know, off-season conditioning, weight training, all that, you know, I knew that was going to be helpful. So, and you're seeing, you know, kind of what I thought would happen. You know, as long as they could, could pick up the offense, you know, physically and from a talent perspective, you know, I, I knew I knew those guys could play. Um, otherwise they wouldn't have been ranked as high as they were. So, um, it sounds like those guys are beginning to kind of separate themselves and push and push the other, the older guys and some of the younger guys like, um, uh, Darian Wilson and Kentron Portier and things like that. And everybody else that they brought in seems to be as advertised. Um, Jared Averse seems to be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, filling in nicely. Uh, Tatum Bethune is going to be a starter. And, um, you know, hey, coaches, the coaches can evaluate, you know, simple as that. I think they can game plan, you know, pretty well for the most part. You know, it's just about having depth and having talent at key positions. That's that's the biggest thing. And um, like I said, if Jordan Travis would have been healthy last year, they would have won seven, eight games at least. So I feel like the, the, the program's in a good spot. We just uh, we just gotta we gotta see what happens this fall, and hopefully we'll have uh, some good injury luck. Also, it sounds like Winston Wright is gonna be okay. You know, I'm not sure if we can expect him back before the fall. You know, Mike was kind of coy on that, but it sounds like he could be back at some point this year. Um, I guess we'll know more uh, in the coming weeks, but yeah. You know, you know, at least they're not saying, hey, he's out indefinitely. He's not going to come back this year. So we haven't heard that. So that's good news. Glad he's doing OK. He posted on social media earlier today, thanking God for, um, you know, bringing him through. And, you know, he felt like, you know, the best is yet to come when he gets healthy. So was uh, excited about that. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, I will shout out FSU baseball. Um, I know they're going to be playing Duke. So by the time you hear this, they're either playing Duke or hopefully have beaten Duke. Um, Friday night, but the game against uh, UCF was, you know, what you wanted to see, especially coming off the uh, 17 inning marathon uh, Sunday against NC State. But um, shout out to Carson Montgomery for throwing seven innings for the first time this year. And this is the third consecutive start that he has had at least five innings. So he's progressing nicely, um, probably shaping up to be a weekend starter next year. And um, so that's really good to see the guys hit the ball well against UCF the other night. And that was good to see and played good defense. And they should be able to replicate that uh, against Duke. And so this is a 
you know, anything can happen in baseball, but Duke is 11 and 10 on the season, two and four in the conference. And they just got blew out by William and Mary, like 14 to three on Tuesday, I think it was. So if you're listening to this and they lost to Duke on Friday, that is not a good thing. And I feel like this team has the starting pitching to make some noise. I've been saying that. And I'm still, even though they had the offensive explosion against UCF, I am still, I am still waiting on them to show me some consistency across the board. You know, that was one game UCF is, you know, they don't have um, a bunch of uh, great arms, uh, you know, as far as pitching goes. So, you know, you should, you should beat UCF that way. And Duke, you know, their pitchers are not, you know, they're not great. They got a couple guys. Um, they're, they're one and two. Their first game, second game starters are pretty good. Um, but everybody else, you know, they, you know, they've been getting banged around all year. Their ERAs are, are really high and they're not an, an overpowering bunch. So that seems to be where FSU batters struggle. So when you hear me talk about the team, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm I'm looking at big picture, like, hey, when you hear me complain about certain things or whatever, I'm not necessarily talking about now. I'm talking about, hey, when it counts, whenever you're playing uh, Ole Miss or whoever and you're in the postseason, and I'm talking about situational hitting, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay, when, when we get to that point, you're going to have to be able to do certain things. You know, you can't you can't make those mistakes uh, against the best of the best teams, you know, you can kind of, you can get away with certain things uh, against uh, NC state. NC state's not a a bad club, but they're not elite either. You know, you can get away with certain things against UCF and the James Madison's of the world. But whenever we get in the postseason play, that's when I'm talking about, Hey, you can't, you can't be striking out, you know, 19 of the first 30 outs uh, like they did against NC state. Um, whether they play 17 innings or not, you know, that's that's just an excuse. You you just got to go up there, focus, and put the ball in play instead of, you know, trying to end the game on one swing um, like a lot of the guys were trying to do. Um, you know, because when you get into the postseason, guess what? You're probably going to continue to strike out like that because the pitching is going to be a lot better. So you got to do the little things now so that whenever you are in those positions against better teams, you'll be able to do them. So, that's what I'm looking for from FSU baseball, just consistency. The the starting pitching has been has been consistent for the most part. Uh the bullpen seems to be finding some some arms that you can kind of, you know, put out there. Davis Hare, uh Wyatt Crowell, uh Connor Whitaker. Um those are three guys right off the top of my head. Uh Scalaro has been um you know pretty good here as of late too. So it feels like the bullpen is starting to figure itself out a little bit. Defensively, I feel like they're better than they were last year. You know, they'll, you know, they have a, have a, a an inning here and there where they just fall off the wagon, but for the most part, they make the routine plays and they take away hits that they wouldn't have been able to take away last year. I still want them to play more shallow in the outfield. We'll see uh, how that shakes out here in 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 the next few games. But I just need to see the bats. I need to see the quality of bats from this team. You know, Logan Lacey should not struck out four out of five times against UCF. You know, you, you he's a good player, but you got to maintain that focus against everybody, not just, you know, 
the elite teams. Um, whenever we're talking about situational hitting, when you lead off the inning with a double, I need to see you be able to hit the ball behind a runner to move them over to third. You know, don't don't pull a ball to shortstop and make an out. Little things like that. Um, have they have they done that against NC State? The good situation of baseball. That game never goes into seventy innings. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, shout out to all of you guys for the five star reviews. We've got a couple more um, over the last week. Um, if you have not had a chance to subscribe um, and rate uh, the podcast, please do so. That helps me a lot. Um, hopefully you, you got some information from it or it's been entertaining or what have you, but we look forward to, um, getting back to you really soon, especially with the scrimmage coming up tomorrow. And hopefully, you know, again, it won't be another week. Hopefully I'll be able to record like Monday or Tuesday next week. But again, thank you guys for the support and, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Go Nobles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.